0: Just before we get into this episode, we'd like to put out a content warning. This episode contains discussions of violence, racism, misogyny, and sexual assault. If you don't feel comfortable with these topics, this episode of Uncultured 20s is best skipped. Hello, and welcome to Uncultured 20s. My name is Leanne. And my name is Julia. And in this podcast, we talk about media that is considered classic in pop culture. I think media people would say, you've never seen that, or you have to
1: listen to that. How annoying is it when your friend constantly makes references to things you have no idea about? That's me, guilty as charged. We will be introducing each other to formative media and deep diving into new ones so that never has to happen again. Today, we're
0: watching Pulp Fiction for the first time. Unculture 20 Directed by Quentin Tarantino in 1994, Pulp Fiction features a slew of famous actors, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Bruce Willis, and many more. The title references mid-century crime fiction magazines that are viewed as shapeless stories meant for female
1: consumption. The film is separated into segments, placed out of order, and only making sense at the end. It's a bit of a puzzle for the viewer. It follows two hitmen working for their boss, Marcellus Wallace. They retrieve an important briefcase, entertain his wife, Mia, intimidate people, and other typical criminal activity. Mixed in is pro-boxer Butch, who is trying to escape Marcellus after double-crossing him. The film ends on a note of agreement and freedom.
0: Pulp Fiction is praised critically and commercially for the clever writing, actors' performances, and unsettling humor. The film won the 1994 Palme d'Or, and was nominated for seven Academy Awards, and has also been called a cultural phenomenon. The literary-inspired poster is everywhere, and Mia Wallace's bloody-nose costume is a Halloween staple. However, it has become so popular that a counterculture has formed around the film, mostly thinking it's overrated. There are also general critiques about how the film has aged, and controversy surrounding Tarantino, which we will get into.
1: We both watched it for the first time this week and I think we've both avoided watching this film for a number of reasons. Um, I definitely got uh, swept up in the whole overrated thing. Um, Not that I typically avoid films because of that, but I also just have... I don't love Quentin Tarantino (laughs) and I obviously have heard some not-so-great things about him and, you know, his films. So it was just something that I, I knew was kind of a phenomenon. Of course, I've seen the Halloween costume and everything, but I don't know. Just not my first choice for a movie night, I would say.
0: Yeah, I remember starting the film a few years ago and not being able to finish it it was really, like, aggressive, which was a huge turnoff for me. And the film is also just quite long, like, it's over two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the reputation definitely preceded it. Uh, I just found it was really associated with pretentious film bros that I wanted to run the other way. Film bro as defined by Urban Dictionary person who views themselves as a huge film nerd while having mostly surface level knowledge of movies. Their favorite movies include such underrated gems as The Dark Knight, Pulp Fiction, Inception, and Jurassic Park.
1: We reached out on Instagram to hear some of your impressions, and here they were.
0: Don't love it. A lot of opportunistic racism and violence.
1: I liked, but then it became an artsy boy guide go-to movie, so I stopped liking it.
0: A fucking masterpiece of cinema. Tarantino at his finest.
1: Respect for Travolta always. Boring. Shit. Things can simultaneously be good, overrated, and problematic. Great movie for falling asleep. Everyone hates on it for being overrated, but it's a playful film with a well-written script. So, as you can see, there are a wide variety of opinions. Most of them are polarized, but a few have some nuance. If you'd like your opinion included in an
0: upcoming episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Unculture20s.
1: So going into this movie, it's hard not to already have some sort of preconceived notion about how it's going to be. Um, After watching the film, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of agree that it's somewhat overrated. I think it's definitely a unique film. I thought there were some parts that can be you know, consider those iconic parts like Mia Wallace's Bloody Nose, things like that. But yeah, I don't know. I felt very whatever about it afterwards. I didn't think it was that revolutionary of a film. Um, maybe that makes me n- uncultured or, you know, maybe I'm not artsy or uh, too intelligent about film culture and stuff, but I don't know. I just... I wasn't a huge fan, I'll be honest.
0: I will definitely grant that there's more to the story and to the film than I had anticipated. Um, For example, there are a lot of scenes that are less talked about that I appreciated. I also... I like that they kind of laid the film out in a non-chronological order. It gave it a nice story arc because if it was in the chronological order, it wouldn't have been like a happy ending. But the way they laid it out gave it a more interesting story arc. I also liked the music. um, And there were also
1: a lot of pop culture references and allusions throughout the film, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with you about the story arc. I kind of love the the couple at the beginning and at the end for some reason I just thought that was so fun and um I I mean I know that part of the story is that it's just like supposed to be the opening and ending scene but I would I wouldn't have minded more of them <laughs> I kind of liked Crazy Honey Bunny and then Ringo <laughs> as Samuel L. Jackson was calling him but I liked the diner scene too um especially when they were just like uh, when Mia Wallace was like I want to dance, like, I'm going to go dance, let's do it. And there was just, like, a couple you minutes of them just, like, dancing. <laughs> I thought that was nice. There was small parts of it, I think, that I enjoyed, and then those were kind of undercut by the parts that I didn't like as much. But there definitely were some moments in there. And I do like that it ended sort of on that positive note, you know, back when everyone was alive, and <laughs> Samuel Jackson's finding his divine redemption sort of at the end so yeah i would say there are definitely some parts to it that i like and some parts that did help to lighten up the film a little bit for me otherwise like you said yeah if it was in chronological order it would have just been completely all the way downhill
0: there were things in pulp fiction that i personally felt were completely unnecessary in particular i really hated tarantino's self insert oh my god yeah I straight up think he's not a good actor, and I really feel like he put himself in that role because he just wanted to say the N-word. Absolutely. I think that was just his excuse. Honestly, like, he's playing himself, but badly, poorly. Like, he can't even play himself right. (laughs) And you could just tell he loves saying that word. Yeah. And it makes me so uncomfortable. Jordan Carlos and Jason Concepcion do a great breakdown of this scene on AMC's YouTube. We'll link it in the description. But to summarize the video, they feel like the genre of dark humor and uh, dark comedy falls into the trap of using racism. They, it's like an easy way out. It's an easy laugh, and it's not anything new. Like this is not revolutionary. Yeah. It's it's not smart humor.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just racism. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree with you. That was, I, he loves to put himself in his movies. I think he's a terrible actor um nobody well I don't want to see him I don't care (laughs) um and yeah oh my gosh I I like just like saying the n-word four times in a row I was like oh there he goes again there he goes again there he goes again like it's just it's such a weird moment in the film and just such a weird thing to think about him being like I'm gonna be in this movie just so I can do this I was like oh boy (laughs) um but yeah um Another scene that disturbed me was when Marcellus was assaulted. It's kind of the same issue with the previous scene we discussed, how it exploits and stereotypes another marginalized group just for the shock value. It was not funny to me at all, and it was just so uncomfortable. Um, And in addition to that, it's happening, the assault is happening to a black man, um, and it just feels like another instance of racialized violence that the white characters are not treated to in the movie.
0: A lot of violence like even with um i don't remember his name but the kid in the car who got shot it's just there's so much uh violence against the racialized characters in this film and it just feels like tarantino's trying to live on some sort of weird fantasy and these are not the only problems with the movie and its production there's this awful language in butch's flashback scene with um oh what's his what's his name what's the actor Oh, uh Christopher Walken. (laughs) Yeah, with Christopher Walken. First of all, he looked so creepy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's because he looks younger than I'm used to him looking younger (laughs) too, but he looks so creepy in that scene. I understand the context of it, but I hate the language. It could have been so funny without using some things. Like it just it didn't need to happen. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then obviously Harvey Weinstein's involvement with not only this production, but like all of Tarantino's films. Uh, They told him about this many, many years ago. And Tarantino, all he did was just be like, say you're sorry. And he kept working with him. So obviously he does not give a shit. He does not believe women. And many years later, like when the whole Weinstein thing was happening, he's like, I should have done more. I'm like, yeah, obviously. There's many other instances in different Tarantino films. For example, when Uma Thurman was filming, I think it was Kill Bill, he made her do all these stunts herself. She got in a car accident doing some of the stunts and it messed up her body forever. It really leaves a bad taste in my mouth
1: how brutally the women are treated in his films. Jessica Chastain has a really powerful quote. How many images of women in media do we celebrate that showcase abuse? When did this become normalized entertainment? When violence against women is used as a plot device to make the character stronger, then we have a problem. We don't need abuse in order to be powerful. We already are.
0: I really love that quote because it's so true. They're supposed. To, I feel like there's supposed to be trust between actors and the directors, and then when he inserts himself into the films like that, it blurs the lines, it blurs the trust, and I feel like it becomes real-life abuse just because a woman is strong quote unquote they're not actually like it doesn't mean they're a strong female character just because they kill a bunch of people or because they you know shoot a bunch of people doesn't mean they're strong character and I we're kind of moving into kill bill territory but the amount of abuse that happens to her character just to motivate her is like it's very disturbing Mm
1: -hmm. yeah women don't need that Women don't need that, like, abuse narrative to prove that they're strong. I don't know. It's so bizarre. Like, you can be strong without having to have, without having to be motivated by abuse and things. And so to see it so often in films is, like, so bizarre. I think we're still, the media industry still uh
0: working on that for sure a woman doesn't have to be a a good person to be a strong character she can be an awful person but as long as like there's an interesting backstory and motivation behind her character i think that's when we really start getting interesting storytelling going
1: so would you say that pulp fiction should be in the canon i don't know it's hard to go back and say it now just because it's so entrenched in society and the film bro culture and just film culture in general. But if this was an unknown movie that I was just watching for the first time, I would say no. Sure. There are parts of it that I liked. Sure. There were, um, lots of famous actors and everything, but overall, I mean, I just didn't, I didn't find the film so groundbreaking in any meaningful way that it should be in the canon. Pulp Fiction has its, halloween costume and it has its film bros but i don't know to me that's just not enough to say it should be in the canon but it's hard to say now after
0: so long yeah i agree i think it's far too late to even discuss you know it is in the canon and it has influenced a whole generation of filmmakers stylistically and uh you know with its themes and i think it also speaks to some very deep problems within the film industry you know from assaults both fictional and behind the scenes to racism to misogyny um and i wish these things weren't so intertwined and uh, insidious since the cast the cinematography and the soundtrack are pretty good but that's also the nature of our history um I don't know if I would recommend it to people. I don't, sounds like you wouldn't either. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, it's time to move to our next segment Pop quiz, pop quiz. We are gonna touch each other and you.
0: It's our pop quiz time. I'm asking the questions today. Julia will be guessing the answers. You can play along at home. Our first question is Were all the clocks in the film set to A, 612, B, 1234, C, 1111, or D,
1: 420. I feel like I've heard about this before, and so it's like upsetting to me that I don't know it. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna guess, man. I wanna say 612 because it's the most random, I feel like. I'm gonna go 612. (laughs) No! So the answer is 420. For real? Oh my gosh. I yes. was like what a joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I know. Well,
0: I guess there's a bit of a Stoner element to the um to the film <laughs> when they go to his apartment and stuff. <laughs> okay, second one. How many times is fuck said in the movie? A. 110. B. 420. C. 189 or D. 265.
1: Okay, I'm going to say it can't be 420 this time because that would be ridiculous, but I know that it's, like, some, I know it's a ridiculous number. I guess I'm going to say 189. That's my answer. Oh my gosh, both wrong. (laughs) I know. The answer is Tell me it's not 420. 265.
0: Okay. I thought it'd be so funny if it was 420, but... That would be a lot of uh, a lot of f bombs.
1: Well, that's okay. <laughs> Better luck next time. Maybe next time. Dang. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, how are you categorizing Pulp Fiction? Are you joining the cult, adding it to the list, or hiding, hiding the fans are after me?
0: <laughs> I'm feeling a bit weird about this one don't think i'll watch it again so i guess i'll say hiding the fans are after me only because i am actually very scared of film bros and people who refuse to acknowledge the problematic undertones of
1: this film how would you go and categorize it i think i have to agree with you i will be hiding from the fans because it's not really something that i would choose to watch again nor would I recommend it really to somebody. I guess I'm hiding too, you and me. <laughs> Unculture twenties is a film bro safe space.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> I was curious about the um the chronological order. So I was searching up what the chronological <laughs> what the chronological order was. And <laughs> there was like a disclaimer at the top of like unless you've seen this film three times this order won't make sense it's too um like it's too convoluted for like your little mind it was it was uh, very it was so pretentious
1: this is not the first film that's changed the order of things before either i know i was like you have got to be kidding me that's so funny we're really going to be hiding from the fans, for real. People around here, they're very serious about this film. <laughs> this was
0: a film that I was a little scared to dive into for the reasons that we just discussed. But I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we tackled it. And now we never have to watch yeah. it again. Sounds good to me. And people can get off my back for critiquing him <laughs> without having seen this movie. Because
1: guess what, guys? Seen it now. I've seen can, it. My opinions are valid. <laughs> and they are based. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it from us. Connect with us on Letterboxd at Uncultured20s, that's 20s thats 20S to see all the films we've covered, or our Spotify to see our playlists, at Uncultured20s, that's T-W-E-N-T-I-E-S.
0: We're also on Instagram at Uncultured20s with a T-W-E-N-T-I-E-S. We take tons of input on there. Like you saw today, we did some call-outs for some opinions, so... If you want to get involved or you feel like there's something really iconic that we need to cover, that's where you need to go.
1: Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so that you're notified when our episodes drop. We're on all major platforms. We're on Culture 20s, and we'll see you on the airwaves.
0: Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Culture Twenties.